Praise God. Psalm 100 verse 4 tells us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Let's pray. Most holy, righteous Father, we thank you, God, for this opportunity. That, God, one more time we have been spared, O oh God. That we can come into your house with thanksgiving into our hearts. And into your courts with praise, God. As we come this morning, we just lift up your name. Lord, we worship and adore you. We pray that our hearts will be centered on you, O God, and that our ears will hear you speak to us and that our hearts will be responsive to what you have to say. God, we just leave this service entirely into your hand, and we pray that all things will be done to the glory and the honor of your name. Amen. Praise God. Worship team. Happy Father's Day. I can't hear you. Happy Father's Day.
worship the, our Heavenly Father this morning. We just want to show him how much we love him.
our hands this morning. Can you just tell God how much he means you? Just take a second to remember who he is and the great father that he has been. And may, you, may we understand that he knows us by name. Not many people, even our coworkers sometimes don't know us by name, but the God of all creation knows each and every one of us by name. What a father, what a God we serve. So I pray that you will be encouraged this morning as we sing this song and know that he will never leave you no matter where you go because he created you in his image and he knows each and every one of us by name.
trust Him more. He's perfect in all His ways. And so this morning, we have privilege. We have this opportunity. And we're going to make use of the opportunity to go to our perfect Father because He has a perfect provision for us. And so this morning, we're going to make our wants and our petitions known to Him because He's perfect and He answers perfectly. Amen? Let's close our eyes as we approach our Heavenly Father. Eternal God and our Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Son of God, the same Son of God who is our Father. And so we can say, Abba, Father, we come as your children, O God. We come into your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. Lord, we're grateful and we're thankful that, Lord, you have spared our lives so we can come again one more time into your presence. Oh, God, to worship and adore you, just to sing forth your praise with all our hearts, God, with all our entire beings, because, God, you are deserving of it. And so, God, as we enter into your presence, God, we pray that you will pour out a blessing upon us. Oh, God, we pray that our hearts will be challenged, oh, God, that our spirit will be refreshed and our will will be revitalized, oh, God, to serve you and to honor you as Abba Father. Lord, we thank you this morning as we celebrate Father's Day. Lord, we just want to thank you for the fathers who are present today. Lord, we thank you for all the fathers in Zion. Lord, we thank you for our local father, our pastor. Lord, we pray that you will refresh the men today, God. We pray that your words will challenge their hearts, oh God. We'll uplift them, oh God. And oh God, that no one will leave the way they came this morning, but everyone will go with a fresh determination and a fresh desire, Lord, to serve you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we lift up those who are sick this morning. We pray that you will heal them, oh God. By your stripes, we are healed. Oh God, your blood was shed for healing and for cleansing. And so God, we lift up those who are not well this morning in body, those who are not well in spirit, oh God, those who are not well financially, because God, you're perfect in all your ways. And God, we trust you for healing in all areas of our lives, Lord. Father, this time we lift up our nation. Father God, you see the, the turmoil that's going on at this time. Lord, we pray for peace. Lord, we pray that our leaders, oh God, that they will come to know you. We pray for their salvation. Lord, we pray that as they lead, they will lead with integrity, God. We pray that your truth will prevail, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, that they will rule with peace, oh God, and understanding. We pray against discrimination, oh God. We pray against brutality. Lord, we pray against things that are not right, oh God, as it pertains to, to people of color, oh God. Lord, we pray that you'll intervene for justice. We pray for justice in our system, Lord. We pray for our leaders, oh God, that they will do what is right. Lord, we pray for your intervention, Father God, from the House of Congress down to our local government in this city, Lord. We pray that your hand will be seen and that your spirit will be felt. Oh, God, and that all men will come to know that you are the true God, that you are the everlasting Father, that you are the Prince of Peace. And we pray that your power and your peace will prevail, oh God, that your people will live a peaceable life, oh God, in this country. We pray against division, Lord. We pray for unity, oh God, and it starts at the top so that those at the bottom, oh God, we too will strive to be united. 
Oh, God, we pray that you'll have your own way, that you'll prevail, oh, God. We pray, Lord Jesus, for young people. We pray, oh, God, that they will desire to serve you. Oh, God, you said, young man, I call upon you because you're strong. Oh, God, let that your youth go in vain. But, oh, God, help them to give themselves totally to you in total surrender. Young men and young women, oh, God, boys and girls, that, oh, God, from an early age, they will answer your call upon their life. Oh, God, so their life will be fruitful. Oh, God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for our church this morning. Oh, God, this is a year of fruitfulness. Lord, I pray that every woman, every man, every boy, every girl, that, Lord, we will seek to be more fruitful. Be fruitful in our lives, in our way of life, oh, God, as we read your word, as we pray. Oh, God, that you will expand our boundaries, oh, God, and that we will spread your word. Father God, we just pray your blessing upon this service this morning. We pray that every word will bring glory to you. We pray for the one who will bring the word, that, Lord, you will anoint her mightily. We pray that the word will go forth with power, Lord Jesus, and it will accomplish that which it is sent, Lord Jesus, that hearts will be challenged. Oh, God, anoint her from the crown of the head to the sole of her feet. Give her the words that you have given. Let the words go forth with power, Lord, and with the anointing. And may it be accepted, oh, God, as we ask in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Good morning. And welcome to everyone to the house of the Lord this morning. And today is a very special day. It's what day is it today? Father's Day. And we are here to, first of all, just give our Heavenly Father all the praise and the glory. Because He is the ultimate Father. He's a compassionate, kind Father. And then we have our earthly fathers who we are here to show some appreciation to today. And um, at this time... We're going to welcome our visitors. Do we have anyone who is visiting for the very first time? Could you stand? Can you stand, please? Praise God. Let's give him a big welcome, a living word, open Bible welcome. Thank you so much for coming. And the ushers will, will give you a little packet. And um, there is some information we're going to be asking you to complete on that packet. Thank you so much for coming, and we pray that you'll be blessed as you come. Amen? Praise God. Is there anyone visiting for the second time? Any second? Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. And I think the ushers also have a little packet for you. Praise God. We thank them for coming, and we're going to just pray that the Holy Spirit will minister. Amen? Praise the Lord. At this time, we're going to have our breaking news. Good morning, church. Happy, Happy Father's Day. Day. I'm Carrie Ann. And I'm Danelle, reporting to you live from LWOBC Studios. First topic on the table, Youth Camp. Camp. That's right. Camp this year will be held at Camp Freedom in Homestead, Florida, from July 23rd to July 27th. Remember, full payments will be due by July 10th, and you can register your child outside at the welcome desk after service. Don't worry. Don't fear. Talent Show is here. On Friday, July 7th at 7 p.m., 
All the South District Open Bible Churches are coming together to host a talent showcase. The price will be $10 for adults and $5 for kids 12 and under. And remember, all the proceeds are going towards youth camp. <sighs> Carrie Ann, what's wrong? Oh, Danelle, I'm so worried about my financial future. I don't know what I'm going to do five years from now. Don't worry, Carrie Ann. Just come out to the financial seminar on June 25th to learn more about wills, trusts, and investments and better your financial future. Thanks, Danelle. Attention parents, the most exciting week of the summer is coming up. Can you guess what that week is? VBS, of course. That's right. This year's VBS theme is Maker Fun Factory. So sign your kids up after service for a small fee of just $15. VBS will be held from July 10th to July 14th at 6.30 p.m. to 9 o'clock p.m. Bring your kids out for a fun-filled week where they'll learn more about God's Word in a new way. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in, and, and have, have a blessed day. day. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. We'll ask the um, children to get prepared. After Sister Philanda comes up, we're going to be asking the children to come and do their presentation. At this time, we'll have Sister Philando. Good morning, church. Happy Father's Day to all the wonderful fathers out there. You guys look awesome. I came to church to be blessed. Thank you guys for coming. Um, I'm actually calling out all the youth, all the youth in the house. Put up their hands. Say, that's me. That's me. All the youth. Yes, absolutely. So we're having a little, um, so we're having um, a guest speaker on Tuesday. That is June 20th. For all the youth who are drivers, right? Driving, we're like 15 years old, 14, 15, getting our permits, soon to get our license, licensed drivers. We're calling you guys out. We're going to have um, Officer Robin Wiener. Everybody know her as Sister Robin, because she is an officer of the Lord. Of, um, the law, and she will be speaking to our youth this Tuesday, um, letting them know how they should behave when they are stopped by um, the police. We're calling out to our youth. You guys need to know how to conduct yourselves. Now that you have um, your licenses, you are responsible. Responsible young adults need to know their rights. Am I correct? So, we're calling you guys out Tuesday, this Tuesday at 7. We're going to worship together, and then we're going to go upstairs and have um, Sister Officer Robin Weir to speak to us. And come with questions. Come, you know, I'm sure you guys have questions. I'm sure you guys have seen out in the news the different things that are happening. You know, um, she's just there to clear up some of the um, things, but also if you have questions and you don't and you're not sure of what to do if you're stopped by an officer, she will tell you. Thank you. My name is Simone Pierce. I'm 13 years old, the eldest out of four children, and I have the best dad. I personally know him as Dad, and the rest of the world knows him as Christopher Peer. 
He's supportive, funny, hardworking, loving, and caring. And being a father requires a man to be brave, competitive, strong, and supportive. And by him showing up to all my graduations and ceremonies shows that he exceeds them all. Not only does he provide for everything that we need and anything that we need, but he's always there whenever we need him. And I truly believe that I'm the luckiest daughter to have him as a father. Christopher Peer. Happy Father's Day. I'm grateful to God for sending my dad in my life because my dad helps me to understand how the world works and how I can help to make myself a better person and how I can help the lives of others and people that live in this world. I'm grateful to my dad because he's helped me find my path and also helped me in my walk with God. I'm glad that I have been able to meet him and that he's in my life and he's here to stay. I'd like to thank my dad for always being there for me. Um, I thank him for so much he's done for me in my life. Been there as a father, as a role model. And I just want to say that I love you and happy Father's Day. Having him as a father figure means a lot to me. He took on a very important role and I want him to know that I really appreciate him. He exemplifies a God-fearing man. He is loving, gentle, helpful, and always encouraging. On this day, I want to say that I appreciate him and I love him. Happy Father's Day, Brother Arnold. Brother Brown means a lot to me because he's always there for me no matter what. Um, he never says no. He's always willing to help me with whatever I have to do, whatever I'm going through. So I really appreciate that about him. He's always willing to um, buy me ice cream. He doesn't say, you have a job, you can't buy yourself your own ice cream. So I'm thankful for that. And also because he lets me call him by his government name across the church premises to let me feel grown. So that's why I love my brother Brown. Hey dad, a few words to describe how much you mean to me is kind of hard, but I'm gonna try anyways. You are the most inconspicuous, comedic, but loving and generous father. You sacrificed so much for our family and me, and I couldn't thank you anymore for everything you've done for us. I love you, dad. Hi dad, it's your youngest here. I just want to wish you a very happy Father's Day and I want to tell you I love you. Thank you for inspiring me. Thank you for encouraging me to be the best version of myself that I can be and for being the most fun-loving dad I've ever seen. Thanks for being the best dad ever. I love you. So my birthday is June 15th. And this year, Father's Day falls on June 18th. So, what better Father's Day gift than me? I mean, what can I say about the guy who taught me how to eat mangoes properly, taught me how to climb trees and plant them? Dad, I know that this video cannot capture how I truly feel about you, but I just want to say that I love you from your only and favorite daughter. <laughs> Bye. From Troop 463, we want to wish you
That was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, let's give our fathers another big hand. Really, they're, they're deserving of it. The sacrifice they make, all the things they do for us, from we were babies until some of us are grown women, our fathers are still doing. So we thank God for our fathers, amen? Praise God. At this time, we'll have the children dance group coming to minister.
Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. The little kids dancing for dad today. You know, as, as the song said, Jesus is perfect in his ways and we are loved by him. I'm sure they know that they are loved by their dad. And we thank you so much for performing for our fathers today. At this time, I'm going to ask our own local father of this church, our pastor, Francis, to come. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk about leadership because that's so important to us. And uh, we, we have the privilege of being able to host what is considered the leading leadership conference in America. And it's coming here to Living Word Open Bible Church. It's uh, sponsored by Willow Creek Association. And uh, we want to show you the video clip of a little bit of what takes place and why they're doing this. And it's going to be on August the 10th and 11th. In your programs, you have a flyer that you can register for this conference. And I want to tell you why it's such a great deal for you. If you were to fly there, the conference cost would be $189 for early bird. And you'd have to pay hotel fees, and you'd have to get airfares and everything because it's all in Illinois. But because we are having it here, and because we think it is so important, that the Open Bible region, along with the Open Bible district, has subsidized the price all the way down to $50 per person. We want our leaders, if you're a business person, if you're a serious leadership person, this is the conference that you need to be a part of. And uh, we made it affordable, so it's only $50 per person. It's for two days, August 10th and 11th. It's a Thursday, full day, and Friday, full day. It'll be right here. And uh, you're going to have, it's by, of course, it's a simulcast, and you're going to have the great speakers. You'll see CEOs, government officials, those in academia, all, all the people who are writing the, the books today on leadership. These are the people that are going to be speaking at the conference. So you don't want to miss out on this. If you pass the deadline, which is July 10th, I can't help you, but the price jumps back to $119. So if you're registered by, by July 10th, it's only $50. So here we go as we do this. So they can give me some lights. Take some lights away, rather. We are committed to a singular idea that inspired, encouraged, and equipped Christian leaders local churches passionate about redeeming their communities for Christ. This is the heartbeat of Willow Creek Association. Everyone has influence. The question isn't whether you have influence. The question is whether you are stewarding it or not. We believe the local church is the hope of the world, but only when it's working right. And for it to work right, it must be well-led. The stakes are high. This is why the Global Leadership Summit was born. The Summit is a two-day, world-class experience for serious-minded leaders who want to get better. It is intellectually rigorous, it is creatively inspiring, and the Summit is unapologetically Christ-centered. Here, WCA carefully curates a faculty of top leadership experts across a variety of sectors. Church, business, nonprofit, academic, and government. Because we believe that leaders can learn from anyone. An aspect 
the Summit of Heart is our intentionality to engage not just a leader's mind, but also their heart. Leaders don't just leave equipped, they leave inspired. For many of the two million leaders we've trained, the Summit is not just one of many leadership experiences they have each year, it's the experience. So each year, hundreds of host sites step up and partner with us to leverage the Summit and impact leaders in their church and community. There is something powerful that happens when leaders gather in their own context. And we believe that in this shared experience, everyone wins when a leader gets better. At WCA, we have a deep conviction that it's unacceptable for geography or economic means to limit leaders' access to the Global Leadership Summit. Every church that hosts, every individual who attends, every person who gives, makes it possible for leaders around the world to have access to the summit who wouldn't otherwise. This is why the Global Leadership Summit takes place in 1,375 plus cities, 128 countries, and 60 languages, so that leaders across the globe can experience the summit in their own unique cultural context. The summit is an unprecedented global movement of Christian leaders making lasting change in the world. In the decades to come, it will become even more critical that the local church is working right. The church is still God's plan to redeem and restore our broken world. And it all starts when God transforms. Okay, so there's one of the videos that we'll show you that you will see uh, that explains a little bit about the conference. You don't want to miss out on that, so it's in your bulletin. The flyers are there. Go ahead and register as soon as possible so you capitalize on the $50 rather than later $119. Thank you. God bless. Remain right here, please. Okay, thank you so much. You can, you can see that Pastor is a good father. Because a good father teach and directs and lead, right? And he's encouraging us to do this leadership so we can learn to be more like him, all right? At this time, we'll ask Matthew to come and do a presentation to Pastor. Pastor. On behalf of the women and young ladies of Living Word, happy Father's Day. As a token of their love and appreciation, we present you with this gift and thank you for being our spiritual father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Another round of applause for our father, Pastor Carl Francis, very patient. You know, teaches his children a lot. He wants us to grow and develop in the Lord. Give him another round of applause. Thank you so much, Pastor, for being our father. Although, although you're not much older than some of us, but you're still our father. And we love you and appreciate you. Amen? Praise God. Um, you know, as I prepared for today, I did a little research on fatherhood. And I just have a few things to share about what they say a good father should be. Um, I won't be long. It says a good father. There are four, five characteristics of good fathers. And number one is that a good father makes time for his family. A good father is encouraged to spend time with the children and regularly 
you know, encourage them in the word of the Lord. All right? As Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So a good father would want his family to serve the Lord. It says a good father are good communicators. They listen attentively to their children. They are not quick to lose their temper, and they are not usually judgmental. And James 1 verse 19 says, Every man must be swift about hearing, slow about speaking, slow about wrath. I know in my own family, my husband is a good listener, I'm telling you. Because, you know, like my daughter, she likes to talk and talk and talk. And I'm always so busy, I don't, can't listen and listen and listen. But he is a good father because he always listens, all right? And most of us will have that experience. It says, uh, uh, good fathers give loving discipline and commendation. And fourthly, it says, a good father love and respect your wife, right? That's very, very important because a good father wants to set the example for their children. So you're going to show your children that you love and respect their mother, all right? So good fathers like we all have in our church today, that's what they do, love and respect their wives. And fifthly, says good fathers apply God's wisdom. Fathers who truly love the Lord can give their children a most precious heritage, an intimate relationship with their heavenly father. That is a godly heritage. Um, statistics have shown that um, when, children, when fathers are Christians and when they come to church regularly, that their children are more likely to continue going to church and serving the Lord. Even if the mother is there Sunday after Sunday, no matter what. It says when the father is present and when the father has that influence and when the father set the example of being godly and go to church and seek the Lord, that is when the children are more likely to continue in that path. And so we just want to encourage all our fathers today that what you're doing is, has a lot of influence. You carry a lot of clout. And so children are looking on you. Your wives are looking on you. And we pray that the Lord will bless you as you continue to be a good father. Amen? Praise God. We now have um, a special presentation by Michael to Reverend Rampersad. Brother Rampersad, I have a joke for you. <laughs> Where can I go to find people who have fathers that are younger than them? Oh, uh, you're putting me in school right now. Anyhow, you find them in church. That's it. <laughs> Brother Rampersad, I want to thank you for being a spiritual father to us, no matter our age, and you're one that leads by example. So. On behalf of the women of LWLBC, we want to present you with this gift and say Happy Father's Day. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Michael. And we do appreciate our Reverend Rampersard. <laughs> oh, God bless you, Reverend Rampersard. Thanks for being the father that you are. Um, at this time... 
we're going to be having a gift to all the men. We're going to ask the ushers to direct the men from the back. We're, on behalf of the church, we want to give a gift to all the men who are present here today. All the fathers will come at this time. of applause for our fathers we appreciate you very much we want you to know that we love you at this time I'm going to ask our sister Angelo and I'm also going to invite our brother Tony to come to the podium good morning church happy father's day brother Tony on behalf of the women of living word we just want to say thank you for all that you do. We appreciate you. You've been an example and an encouragement to so many. And we want to give you this small token of our appreciation and love for all that you do. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Sister Angelo. And one more round of applause for Brother Tony. He's really an exemplary father, and we love him. And especially when it comes to mango time, he always gives us mangoes. Right, Brother Tony? We thank you, and we appreciate that. Now we're going to ask Brother Tony to come back as he makes a presentation to our pastor. Pastor, will you come, please? Uh, the youngest pastor around town because this is, a pa this is a father who has children that's older than he is. <laughs> that's what happens when you're in the kingdom of God. Well, pastor, on behalf of the men of Living Word Open Bible Church, we 
would like to say Happy Father's Day. And we want to say thank you for all the teachings that you have given us and uh, for all that you've been doing to us, with us, and for us, for the fellowship. We want to present this as a token of our appreciation to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Rebecca, thank you. <laughs> she said I'm the best father. Now, um, the men, we're going to be having a fundraiser. And this is actually seems to be a part of the uh, Father's Day um, theme. We're just going to continue. So this coming Saturday... The men, we are having a fundraiser, and we are inviting everybody. Now, everyone can participate. We are having food, fun, and fellowship, and we are having a movie. And uh, all we are asking you for a small contribution, and you can also make this contribution if you're not going to be here. We would appreciate that, too. And it's going to be starting at 4.30 p.m. to about 7.30 p.m. As I said, contribution is $10 for adults and $6 for children. And again, I say we're going to be having games, movie, and food. You cannot beat that. If you can't make it, you can make a contribution. Thank you very much. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. At this time, we'll prepare in our hearts to give unto the Lord. We're going to be asking the ushers to come forward as we collects the morning's tithes and offering. Sister Sandra to ask God's blessings on the offering. Lord, we want to thank you, God, for this time where we gather our offerings and our tithes, and we bring it, Lord Jesus, to, for the furtherance of your kingdom. We pray, dear God, special blessing on your, the givers and the gifts. We just thank you for the ability to make wealth, and we just give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you so much for that musical interlude. May God bless you, musicians. Praise God. At this time, we're coming to the very most important section of our service this morning, and that is where we hear the Lord speak to us. We know the Lord has a word for us this morning, and we just want to prepare our hearts, you know, to hear him speak that our minds will be alert, our hearts will be receptive to hear God's word. But just before our pastor diary comes to us, I just want to read Genesis 18 verse 19 as it speaks to our fathers. It says, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. So again, fathers, just before I go, I just want to encourage you that you can be an ordinary man, but you can be an extraordinary father if you follow the ways of the Lord, if you command your household, if you live an exemplary life, because God is our perfect example. And as fathers, we want to be more like him. So I challenge you this morning that you'll be an extraordinary father by commanding your children and your family to walk in the ways of the Lord. May God bless you. At this time, I'll invite our own pastor, Diary Francis, God's woman, to bring God's word to his people. Amen. Thank you, Sister Mendes. Good afternoon. I hope you're not drowsy. I'll surely wake you up. <laughs> so turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's good to see you. And if there's a father, tell him, happy Father's Day. Amen. We're so glad that you're in the house of God today. Are you glad to be here? The father should be especially glad because we have a wonderful um, international buffet for you afterwards where you'll be served, you know. But we really have a nice um, brunch for you afterwards. Only the fathers, not the entire family. We have the Wayside Cafe open for the rest of the family. Amen. But the dads, we really want to bless you today. So we're glad you're here. But I do have one other prize I'd like to give away, and it's for a first-time visitor. So can I see the hands of the first-time visitors again? All the first-time guests. All right. Who's a father among you? Anybody who's a father, keep your hand up. All right. Let's see out of the two of you which one has the most children. He better be. <laughs> How many, sir? Woohoo! I'm so he has to take back seat. Come and get your, you ain't need this to go and visit them if they're grown up and gone away. God bless you. And we love those shoes. I should borrow them, you know. Man, you look, you look good. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Amen. Amen. We're a family church and we love to have fun together. We care about each other very deeply. And so we're glad you came to our house this morning, and we hope you'll feel really blessed. And those who are watching by the World Wide Web, we hope you're having fun. Sorry you can't share in the breakfast, but next time come out to church if you're a father, and you'll get some of the breakfast. Amen? This morning, or afternoon by now, I just have a special word from the Lord. And it's not always when you speak that God gives you your topic before you find what you're going to talk about. Mostly, sometimes you get the passage and then you look through to see what's a relevant topic. But this time, I woke up and all I heard 
is the most misunderstood father. And I shrugged. I'd never heard a message like that before. And I'm like, God, is that for real? I don't even know where to begin. But as I began to meditate and I asked my friends, the members of the committee, I told him what the Lord had said and asked him to keep me in prayer. God made exactly what he wanted clear. So I hope you have come today with an open heart and you're eager to hear what God has to say to you today. Because it's ministered to my heart and it left me in a lot of tears and brokenness. And I hope it will do the same with you and not leave you there, but bring the transformation that God so desires. So we're going to talk about the most misunderstood father on this Father's Day. Before we do that, we want to say Happy Father's Day to the father of all fathers, the penultimate father, God the Father. Can you say that? Happy Father's Day, God, our Father. Amen. For indeed, uh, he is our Father. And the scripture tells us in Romans 8 and verse 15, and maybe you would read that with me because it applies to you too. Let's read it together. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. I want to share a story with you. Some of you may be familiar with it. You may have heard it before. But if not, if you did, listen again. And uh, if you haven't, then listen. It illustrates something about this misunderstood father that we're going to be talking about today. On December 7th, 1988, an earthquake devastated the northwestern section of Armenia, killing an estimated 25,000 people. In one small town, just after the earthquake, a father rushed to his son's school, only to find that the school had been flattened. There was no sign of life. But he had one, no thought of turning back. He had often told his son, no matter what, I'll always be there for you when you need me. Though his prospects appeared hopeless, the father began feverishly removing rubble from where he believed his son's classroom had been. Other forlorn parents only wailed hopelessly, my son or my daughter. Some told the father to go home, that there was no chance that any of the children could be alive. Yet he replied, I made my son a promise that I'd be there for him anytime he needed me. I must continue to dig. Courageously, he worked alone. No one volunteered to help him. He simply had to know for himself, is my boy alive or is he dead? Finding strength and endurance beyond himself, the faithful, loving father continued to dig. For eight hours, 12, 24, 36 hours. Then, in the 38th hour, as he heaved away a heavy piece of rubble, he heard voices. Armand, he screamed. A child's voice responded, Dad, it's me, Armand. Then, I told the other kids not to worry. I told them that if you were alive, you'd save me. And when you saved me, they'd be saved. You promised you'd always be there for me. You did it, Dad. Moments later, the dad was helping his son, Armand, and 13 more frightened, hungry, and thirsty boys and girls climb out of the debris. 
free at last. When the building collapsed, these children had been spared in a tent-like pocket. When the townspeople praised Armand's dad, his explanation was, I promised my son, no matter what, I'll be there for you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're the greatest father of all, yet so often the most misunderstood. We thank you that you're the model for us, for fathers, for the entire family. And as we hear your word today, give us hearing ears, hearts that will respond. And Lord, I ask you to release faith, to be mixed with the hearing of the word, that it would do good to us. I take every thought captive, and I put them in obedience to the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray, according to your word, that not one of this word will return void, but every single one of it will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. Father, I submit myself to you, my mind, my will, my entire being. May you speak through me to your people words of hope, words of blessing, words of encouragement, words of redemption. I give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen, amen. Pastor is the one that usually gives the jokes and just in honor of him, because I do honor him for giving up the platform today, the pulpit, and allowing me to speak on Father's Day. So we do honor you, Pastor. That takes a very courageous and confident man. Amen. Amen. So just one for you. And this one is called Under Five. A little child in church for the first time watched as the ushers passed the offering plates. When they neared the pew where he sat, the youngster piped up so that everyone could hear, Don't pay for me, Daddy. I'm under five. Now that you have released some, some of your anxiety, we can go on. This message ministered to me more than I could ever imagine. It broke a dam of tears, touched my heart in such a way. And I just pray that you will experience something similar and that you won't stop there. Let's look a little bit about the use of the word father. And I'm talking about father referring to God in the Bible. For the word father itself is used over 1,100 times in the Bible. But in reference to God as father, it's used 308 times. 213 times in the Old Testament and 93 times in the New Testament. What was very fascinating for me is what I discovered as I was preparing because I've read the Gospel of Matthew so many times, I cannot even count anymore. Yet I never noticed that Father appeared so many times. In the Gospel of Matthew alone, out of those 93 times in the New Testament, there are 31 references to God as Father. And then, in chapter 6, which I'm going to touch on very briefly, 12 times the writer speaks of God the Father in this one chapter. No parents you know that if you repeat anything to your children over and over, what is that saying about that thing? It is very important. Amen? And I think God wanted us to realize above all things else that he is our father. 
And that's really, really, truly who he, who he is. I want to say that God is represented by the masculine gender, a man, father, because he created men in his own image. So God can't be a woman. Hello. If you see anywhere that he's a woman, that's bad theology. He represents a masculine gender, but he encompasses all. He understands a mother's heart. For the scriptures actually say, if your mother who gave birth to you, actually gave suck to you, breastfed you, forgets you, he said, I'll never forget you because I've inscribed you on the palm of my hand. That is so precious. So he understands the connection between a mother and a child. But the gender that is projected is masculine gender. Amen? Now, let's go on. How have we misunderstood the father? First of all, so often we nurture negative thoughts and inaccurate thoughts about him. Even though we sang those beautiful songs and He's perfect, he's merciful, he's compassionate. Yet, if we're honest, we can testify that in our hard times, we tend to look at him less positively than he really is. Sometimes we judge him and we take him as he's a harsh judge. That's how we see him. He's Lord and ruler. He's harsh. He's quick to punish. He's angry all the time, and he doesn't even answer our prayers anyhow. And some people have the concept of God. Some have even worse concepts of God. But I want to say to you that it's totally misunderstanding of who he truly is. Who is he? And I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis because it would take us days and weeks and months to truly exhaust who this God is. And I know you'd leave me here standing by myself. <laughs> so, this is just a synopsis. God is first of all, our Father. Can you say, our Father? Amen. And Matthew, that gospel I referred to, in which Father was used so many times, talks about that. Jesus gave the model prayer it is not the Lord's Prayer. It's a model prayer for us in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 11. And it begins with not dear God, dear judge, dear ruler. It doesn't begin that way. It begins with our Father. I know some of you here statistically may have had very bad relationship with your father. So when I talk about this relationship of dear Heavenly Father, dear Father, you can't resonate with it because maybe you had a bad experience. But I'm here to tell you today, that's exactly why God sent this message. He wants to close that gap in your life. He's saying to you, maybe your earthly father did not measure up, but here is a most misunderstood father takes you as his child, and he wants you to call him Father. And then Jesus turns around in the same chapter, and he says, your heavenly Father, the Son of God, who was with the Father, he's in tune with the Father. He not only taught the model prayer that begins with addressing God as 
our father, but he says, your father knows all that you need. And that's an awesome thing that we could have that privilege to call the creator of the universe, the most perfect one, our father. What are some of his characteristics? And I've picked out especially these scriptures. It seemed repetitive. It's not all the passages that talk about his graciousness and his compassion, but I want you to see for yourself because a lot of us will not take time to read it. And I don't want you to have an excuse because the scripture says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Free from those pains, free from the bondage, free from the misconceptions, free from the lying suggestions the enemy will bring to your head in hard times. So, let's go ahead. Sorry. It's my paper that's not turning. So let's look at what it says. He is merciful and gracious. He's long-suffering. He abounds in goodness and truth. He keeps mercy for thousands. He forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Those are different levels. He's gracious again. That's what's in Exodus. Go to the Psalms. He's gracious and full of compassion. Slow to anger. Some people think God is just angry and waiting to hit them in the head as they slip. No, he's not. He's slow to anger, great in mercy. That's Psalm 148. And then if we go on, he's compassionate and merciful again, full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, abundant. He can't be more than abundant in mercy and truth, Psalm 86. And not only is he gracious and merciful, but the one that we care about and we don't always believe, he is love. Can you say God is love? And this verse, many of you who used to go to Sunday school, you learned this probably one of the first verses you learned. I'm giving you a more modern translation from the New Living Translation. Let's read it together. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Notice it says everyone. It's inclusive. God doesn't draw a boundary and leave some people out depending on where you're born, what your family status is, what your educational status is. God doesn't care. God is all-inclusive. And he says that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God is love. I love what uh, the prophet Jeremiah wrote. Let's read this one because many of you are not familiar with this. You may know John 3.16, but you may not have read Jeremiah 31.3. Let's read it together. Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. That's God's message to his people. He not only is love, and there are many, many more scriptures about God's love. I'm just picking out a few of them. He's also faithful. We sing this song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. It comes from the book of Lamentations. God is faithful. He's, it says every morning we awaken to his love and to his kindness. And then in 2 Timothy it says, even if we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. He doesn't change because we fail to live up. He's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. Maybe you have had an unfaithful father in your life. He promised to be there, but he wasn't there. 
and you've harbored this hurt all the years, I want to say God offers you today. Release. He's the faithful one that is there. He never forgets you. You always remember your birthday. He always sees your tears, your sadness. Maybe when you're at school and you wish he was there and he wasn't there. God is always there. The Father is always there. He shows up. He shows up and he wants to say to you today, you don't have to harbor that hurt anymore because he's faithful, though he's misunderstood. God forgives. God is not waiting to knock us in the head. The scripture says, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he's a propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but for the whole world, even the people who have not yet received him. And then many of you are familiar with 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, if we confess them, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God cares about us because God wants to be in a relationship with us. And so he forgives. He's faithful. He's also provider. And many of you quote Philippians 4.19. But even when you don't get what you want, God still is a provider. Every day, the scripture says, he opens his hands and he provides good to all people. And I ask a question. Have you ever noticed that when it rains, your unsaved neighbor's lawn gets rained too? Did you ever notice that? Did you notice that when the sun shines, it doesn't just shine on your lawn, right? It shines next door. Even the person who makes noise and disturbs you. Because God gives good gifts to all people. Even the people who don't love him. Let alone the ones that serve him. So he's faithful. He forgives sins. He's a provider. He's a healer. Today you may be in need of healing. And healing is not just physical. Some of us carry around emotional baggages way back from grandpa. Grandpa didn't like me because I wasn't light-skinned enough. Hello. Oh, my nose wasn't straight enough. Come on, guys. Talk to me. You know it's true. And some people have that hurt from way back. I grew up in the same family with my sister, but to this day, my sister will claim my father never loved her. But I know I owned my father's heart. And we're in the same home. And our whole perception of our father is totally different. God wants to heal all those hurts. It's time to let go. Maybe your father that was wounded, and so you feel inadequate to love and to be the father that your children desire. And some of you may have lost your fathers. I don't have a father anymore, an earthly father, but I have the most precious father who goes with me where my earthly father could not go. I can talk to him at any time. He understands more than my earthly father ever did. And I'm so glad that he never leaves you alone. So he wants to heal every hurt, every bitterness, every pain. And maybe there's physical pain. Some have had abuse and the memories are awful. But there is that wonderful father who's the healer. And he heals completely. And he offers that today. It's amazing. It's just up to us whether we would open our hearts and receive what he's offering to us. Who is he? He's all of those, but he's also holy. And so because he wants us to be in relationship with him, 
He desires us to be as holy as he is. And he doesn't leave it up to us. He has made provision. The scripture says he has given us everything that we need to live godly. In 1 Peter chapter 1, everything. He has given us the Holy Spirit to empower us, to overcome sin. He's given us the word to guide us. And let me tell you, sometimes we resent God because we said there are so many rules. But if I ask you in your house, nobody lives in this one open tent. There are boundaries in your house. How many of you have a place called bathroom in your house? Oh, the rest of you don't? You have one tent? You live in one tent? How many of you have a place called kitchen? How many of you have a place called living room? How many of you have a place called bedroom? And do you tell your children, don't take any food in there? Why? They're boundaries. God has boundaries also. What we say, oh, the rules and the rules. We live with boundaries. We drive on the road, there are lanes. And you have to take your lane. And if you keep skipping and the policeman sees your policewoman, they're going to pull you over. Why? Because you cross the boundary. Boundaries are part of life. We have boundaries here. They protect us from rain coming in. They protect us from big lizards coming in. And every now and then, ladies, we have visitation from the iguanas. Those doors, I love them closed. They can just look and tap, but they provide boundaries. So what I'm trying to say, I want you to open your mind and listen. Because we look at God's word. Oh, Christian, restriction, restriction. We live with restriction. Our homes are filled with restriction. We live in a society with restrictions. Boundaries protect us. Boundaries guide us. I know many of you were thankful for the little metal that divide the lanes when it was raining so profusely the past few weeks because you couldn't see the white lines. But when you hit over that boundary of the white line, you encountered the little metal. It made sound. So what did you do? You get back in place. God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light for our path. It's there to keep us from evil so that we can make it. Amen. So he's holy. He's also the redeemer and savior. God sent his son into the world. Let's say this together. God sent his son into the world. Not to, but to. Say that includes me. It does include you. Yes, it does. All of us. God is not in interested in killing us off. He could have done that with Adam and Eve in the garden. We wouldn't be around. There was only two of them to knock off. Have you ever thought of it? They sinned. They disobeyed God. But he made a way for us because he loves us and he wants to be in a relationship with us. He's a redeemer. God showed his great love for us. Look at the next verse. By sending Christ to die for us while, can you say this? While we were still sinners. A lot of times we have the idea, misunderstanding him, that God loves us more because we receive his son. No, he doesn't. God loves us with everything that is in him without us coming to Christ. But we get in a relationship with him when we come to Christ. So when we were sinners, he paid the ultimate price for us. He sent his son Jesus 
to die for our sins. Now, about the matter of prayers. In that first section, that slide that I did, misunderstanding God, and we said, so often we're upset that we say God doesn't answer prayers. Yes, he does. But the boundaries we talk about, he has established some parameters through which he will answer prayers. They're in the word. And all we have got to do is go back to his instructions, go to the manual. He gave us a manual. He responds to prayers of faith. Mark 11, it should be 24. It said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you have it and you shall. So some of you will lift your hand and say, I believe and I never got it. Well, there are some other parameters. It's not just the lane markers in the road. There are traffic lights. There are stop signs. There are four-way crossings. So he responds to persistent prayer. And he gave two examples in one book, Luke 11 and verse 8, about persistence. And many of you can also testify, those of you who have children, when they come to you and ask you for something you don't plan to give them, and they keep nagging you, and they pull your skirt and your pants, Daddy, Mommy, please, I beg you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And they keep nagging you. They wear you out, and what do you do? You, come on now, answer, tell the truth. You, and, and they love to come when you're on the telephone. God says, he responds to persistent prayer. Don't give in. You say to measly little prayer, and he didn't answer, so you quit? What kind of thing is that? Where's the persistence? He responds to prayers that are based on the right motives. What do I mean like that? One of my sons, which is nameless, and don't try to guess which one, many times he has come to me, Mom, Mom, can you pray for me that I will get a million dollars? I'm like, never. He says, Mom, God hears you. I'm like, why doesn't he hear you? He said, pray, Mom, I'll give tithe to the church. I'm like, really? I will never. You get a million dollars, you'll be destroyed. You get a fast car, buy some foolish girl a big ring, <laughs> and then we don't see you for a while. Never. <laughs> Wrong motive. Why does he want a million dollars? What are you doing with a million dollars? If he was going to tell me he was going to give it to mission and I approved, signed, sealed, and delivered, I controlled the money issued to missions, maybe I would pray. But 20-something-year-old, what is he doing with a million dollars? Pray that I'll get a million dollars. I love it. You have to have the right motives. So sometimes we go and we're persistent, but we don't have the right motives. So God knows we'll self-destruct, and he loves us too much to let us harm ourselves. So he says, no. How many of you had your teenagers? You know they're irresponsible. They're begging and nagging for you to teach them to drive. And you said, you're not ready. They're mad. Why? Because all your friends are driving. But you know your child. So you say, when you get to this age or when you prove more responsible, God our Father knows us inside out. And he loves us too much to make us harm ourselves. So sometimes, because of wrong motives, our prayers aren't answered. Let's move on real quickly. We have a wonderful breakfast outside, brunch. God responds to prayers from a heart that's sin-free. What does that mean? That you never sin? Oh, no. All of us sin. That's why the scriptures say, if we sin. 
if we confess our sins. So God knows we will, but we don't hold on to them. So if we go to God with sin in our heart, unforgiveness, unconfessed sins, the scripture says in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, God is not deaf that he cannot hear. His hands aren't short, but our sins have put a wall between us and him so he does not hear our prayers. And then Psalm 66, verse 18 is even plainer. It says, if we harbor iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear. Do you see how we need to check ourselves before we judge God wrongly when we have not followed the script? And then I want to remind you, and those scriptures are there. I, hope, I see some of you taking pictures as the greatest, so you could go back and read them. Some of you are not even budging, but you'll need it, I promise you. God indeed gives the best to his children who ask. He really does. And the scriptures testify to that. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. He's awesome. So, that's the truth about him. How does he see us? Because the enemy tries to tell us different things. And even we of ourselves see ourselves differently. Sometimes we were badgered by parents, by siblings. And we don't have the right self-esteem. We don't see ourselves the way God sees us. But this word is freeing. Because the scripture says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. How does God see us? He doesn't see us the way we see ourselves. God sees us as beloved sons. Come on, come with me. And daughters. We can't imagine somebody so mighty loves us and wants us to be his kids. Yes, he does, and it's not in theory. God sees us as heirs of his and joint heirs with Christ. Think of who Christ is. Think of who God is. Our children are our heirs. Nobody can come in and take away our stuff unless, of course, we don't come to the financial seminar and learn to make our wills and trust for our children. Because if they are minor and we don't have it written, God forbid something happens, the government comes in, sets up a guardian who doesn't care about your wish nor your children. So, 25th, Sunday the 25th, everybody make sure you come to the financial seminar so you can make sure your children are your heirs. Amen? But God sees us as heirs of his and joint heirs with Christ. God sees us as conquerors. We may feel like losers. But God does not see us that way. He sees his spirit in us, empowering us, and enable us to overcome. God sees us as part of his son's body. We are the church, the body of Jesus Christ, and he's the head. God has created us just a little, and that's a quote, by the way, just a little lower than the angels. Think about how mighty the angels are. One angel slew 183,000 Fighting men in battle for the sight of God's people, one angel. And we're just a little lower. Something is wrong. We've been believing a lie. We have misunderstood our Father. The last thing I want to touch on, and there are many more, is that God sees us as ambassadors of Christ. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. As we have experienced Christ, as our lives have been changed, to take that same message, to represent him among the people that we meet, the people that we work with, our family members who don't know him. 
That's an important responsibility. So what does God desire? God desires to build a personal relationship with us. It is more than just accepting him. Because many of us accepted him a long time ago, but we're stagnant. You know, it's like you have your natural father, and he's alive, but you haven't talked to him because you have issues. Hello. Some of us have issues because we've misunderstood the father. And he's inviting us to have this personal relationship with him. As a matter of fact, Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand, I, Jesus, I, God the Father, I stand at your heart's door, my heart's door, and knock. And he says, if any man would hear his voice and open the door, he wants to come in and fellowship daily, not just on Sundays at church. He also wants us to bear much fruit. That's God's will. This is our year of fruitfulness. That's our theme for the year. God doesn't want us to sit on the bench and be fruitless. Many of you are gardeners and you go out and it's mango season or avocado season. You check. You have a stick to get rid of the squirrels. And we have a new enemy. Some of those iguanas are biting the fruits too because they're um, herbaceous. So you check for fruit. And you don't want the birds to peck at your mangoes. You want to protect them. We put barriers to keep the squirrels out. And some of them are smart. They tear down the barriers. <laughs> But God wants us to bear fruit. He looks for fruit in our lives. How fruitful have we been? God wants us to love one another. And it sounds theoretical, but it's real. Because our faith is not developed in isolation. Our Christianity doesn't develop by itself. We're transformed in a community as we interrelate with one another. And guess what? We're different. Like the husbands and wives. We come from different families. We have different upbringings. We have different backgrounds. Yet God asks us to love one another, not trying to change each other, accepting each other as God has created them and looking to change ourselves. That's what God desires. God wants to prosper us. He wants for us to be in good health, totally. We love that one. But he also wants us to love one another and to bear much fruit. Hello. He wants us to spread the gospel. As ambassadors, we take his message, not our message. We can't be silent. Our society needs it. Our neighbors need it. Our extended family need the message of reconciliation, that God changes lives. But if there's no fruit in our life, if there's no transformation, they won't believe us. They'll say, really? That's why it begins with us, not misunderstanding our Father. Ultimately, God's plan is that we'll reign with him. I saw, uh, I worked with this English lady years ago, many years ago, and she, she looked like Princess Anne. And she was sharing how many times she was um, misidentified. Because she said she'd go out and they'd think it's a princess. She wore her hair the same way, she looked the same way. And she told me about going to the theater one year, and the queen mother used to take Prince Charles, he was little, and Princess Anne, and they had to sit in that concert and hold their programs. And they couldn't move. They had to learn how to behave as royalty. She said sometimes the program was upside down. And she remembered one Saturday, it was on a Saturday morning, as soon as they struck the last note, the little prince just dropped that baby on the ground. 
He was dying to get rid of it, to be a normal child. They had to learn how to behave like royalty. Our training, our boundaries are to prepare us so we can reign with him. We'll be like him. He wants us to be in the image and likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. And what are the plans he has for us? Can you read with me? Many of you are familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11. But when hard times come, you forget. Let's read it together and remind ourselves. Let our ears hear what we're seeing with our eyes. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. He means that even when you get laid off your job. Even when you're having trouble with your children. He still means that. And this other one, I want to leave with you because I know many of you are not familiar with it. It's in Jeremiah chapter 6. Let's read it together. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads. So pause. It says stop. Hello. Stop at the crossroads. And now he says, look around. Everybody look around. Look around. And then he says, ask for the old godly way. What is that old godly way? That is the scriptures that we once espoused. And we didn't try to dilute it. And the culture was very similar to what the Bible said. Not anymore. The culture is at war with the church and with the word of God. Guess where our children go to school for eight hours a day? In the... Oh, you don't know where they go to school? Okay, yours go to Christian school. Everybody in here, they go in the culture. Guess who's teaching them? People who don't believe what we're talking about. And so we're giving them when they get home, but they're spending longer of their waking hours in the midst of people who contradict what we teach them. So the Lord would say to us today, it is Youth Sunday also, he'd say to every young person, every adult, we need to look back at where we are. Stop and look. Look at your patterns and your behavior since you came to Christ. Have you drifted from where you were? Is it different from your grandparents' faith? Is it different from what you were taught when you were a child? Have you found yourself easily falling in the ways of the world without having any conscience about it, any sort of guilt or conviction? He says, stop, look around, ask for the old ways. Go back to the old ways. And not only that, he says we are to walk in it. For as we travel its path, he made a promise that we'll find rest for our souls. Isn't that what we all need? We live in the most troublesome times. And I'm telling you, the coming of the Lord is nearer than when we first began. If we don't see the signs, we have to be blind. And blind people, by the way, sense a lot more of what is happening, even though they can't see physically. They're very in tune with what is happening around them. And so I'm telling you, the coming of the Lord is nearer than when we first began. And this is why things have intensified. And so, let's look at what the Father says. As a loving Father, he reminds us, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. 
For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? I ask technology to go ahead. As we close, I want you to reflect on these words. Lights, please. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And he is the father you have been looking for all your life. This is his love letter. on your head are numbered for you were made in my image in me you live and move and have your being for you are my offspring I knew you even before you were conceived I chose you when I planned creation you were not a mistake for all your days are written in my book I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. 
for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. Nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love. and just reflect on what you have heard and seen. And yes, God, is there an area of your heart in which you have harbored misunderstandings about him? Maybe an area you have held back from him and you want to receive the truth. Please take a moment and then I'm going to pray. I ask everyone to reflect. Today, I invite you to join with me. Let's pray that model prayer to our Father. And as you pray, let go of the hurts. Let our Father fill every space, heal every hurt, show you the way so that you may be in a right relationship with him. For this is what he desires that you'd cultivate that relationship and that you'd be fruitful. If you don't know the words, you can turn to Matthew chapter nine, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. Maybe technology can put it up for us in the New King James. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 11 from the New King James Version. So those who don't have a Bible can join together. We'll just wait a moment. Let him do his work of healing. And after you leave here, maybe you need to connect with your father. If your father is gone, passed on, or you can't contact him, you can write the note 
it will free your heart. Maybe it's a father who wants to write a note to his children because you feel like you weren't all you could be. Write the note, even if it never gets mailed. If they're not available and you can't find them, it will free your soul. And God wants to do a new work in us. Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, to join with me, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Could you stand together, please? And after this, we ask uh, the fathers to join in the wonderful brunch that's outside. Can you lift your hands as we pronounce a benediction? Before you go, there are also uh, prayer devotionals at the um, book table. What a great way to start anew with your family. Get one of those prayer devotionals. They're short devotionals that you can join with the entire family and have devotion and share together. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And together we declare, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of your Lord forever and ever. Amen. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers and those watching us by the World Wide Web. God bless you. There's no evening service today, even though it's third Sunday. We want you to take time to pamper father. Be kind to dad. Amen. God bless you.